Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders here on Reality Pop. We're back to talk about the challenge, the latest episode, episode 10 here of Spies, Lies and Allies. And Drew and Chattel, you know, I've got the Sapphire team with me here today, the, the best of the best potential co-hosts <laughs> to have on this podcast. But it feels like we've got a little bit of a combination going on here. We've got representation here for blue. We've got a little bit of red. We just don't have the green in the group here. Um, I, I, I know, Drew, I'm sort of stealing your man here. I've got Nelly T's colors with me today. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I mean, I got Corey's colors. I mean, he's like the most yeah. ruby out of the group. So I guess I'm the most ruby out of this group. I just don't have a Kyle to yell at for not wearing the right colors. <laughs> How good was that yeah. Uh oh. Whoops. Did you mute? I yourself? think you. I oh. think we just lost your mic there for a second. Oh, no. oh, there you go. You're good. You're good. You're back. <laughs> no green. No green. <laughs> yeah. What a what a great what a great episode. I mean, we were sort of contemplating and thinking, what's this twist going to be going into the next episode? Mm -hmm. What way are we going to see this sort of unfold? And I think a lot of us were sort of sitting on there's going to be a purge. A lot of us were thinking that potentially it's going to be individuals. I don't think any of us predicted that it could become a team's competition moving forward here. And I have to say, I like it. I really, um, I, in general, I'm not a big fan of the team's sort of theory. I like, I like having the, the, the individuals or having the pairs in a, in a season, but I feel like this season actually needed this mix up at this point because it became extremely predictable. People were working out how to game the system. You know, it just mixes it up here. And I thought it came at a great opportunity here. Um, I do want to explore, like, firstly, what did you guys think of the fact that we have these teams coming in? I'm high on it. And also, who do you think at this point is potentially the biggest winners out of the switch up here in the game? Because if it was individuals, I think that the rookies probably would have definitely been in trouble throughout the rest of the season. Or well, that's what we would have assumed that a lot of them would be going in there. Chantal, what do you think of the twist? And who do you think is sort of standing to gain the most? out of the team's uh, sort of twist coming in here? I like the twist. Um, it, I definitely didn't think that that was what was going to be going down. I, as you said, I thought it might be individual, maybe for a couple of weeks, or maybe that they would be doing um, some sort of purge type challenge where they would maybe pick up a partner and then have somebody else that they'd run the rest of the race with or the play the rest of the game with. So I was surprised. I think, I mean, I know it's a numbers thing, so I wanted to do it at 18. So it seems like it was predetermined, but I would have liked to see what happened at this particular, like, you know, rematch, like going and infiltrating those pairs. I would have wanted to see, like, if that would have caused some drama. I, I just wanted mm. to see the outcome of that particular, uh, you know, elimination layer. Um, and so we kind of missed out on that. But I do think that the... The teams are a little bit different. What I really like about it is the fact that now these teams have to strategize. And so we're getting, we're going to be able to hear maybe a little bit of what the rookies might want to see happening, or we can see like the intentions of, I know he's not doing it great, but Corey is like playing cap to team captain. And he's kind of like saying like, this is what we need to do. We need to like play rookie and play the underdogs play like, you know, from defense. And so it's, it's nice because we get to see people strategizing a little bit more. Um, I think that probably Devin put himself in a pretty good position because he's on, um, you know, a team where, team with, yeah, with people that he, he likes, that he's working with and that are really strong. And so I think that they might, 
I don't think that people are going to necessarily pick him to go down. And I think that they will probably win quite a few. So I think Devin's in a pretty good position. And who else? I mean, anybody else on those other two teams that are rookies, I think should be pretty scared, especially anybody, any of the rookies, well, half the team is rookies on uh, Ruby. I think that they should be pretty scared because it doesn't seem like they're going to win. And mm. they have people that might be considered layups. So yeah, I think Devin probably put him, is in a, probably the best position. He's yeah, I think I think if anything, this really benefits CT and Casey. That's I mean, true. this no format change. <laughs> yeah, this this format change really like I like when the like I'll be honest with the team format. I was very skeptical. I had to take like two nights of sleep on it. I had to take the whole day to think about it because I don't know how I felt about it and. A lot of play. A lot of commenters were saying that okay, if Corey and Emmy or Corey and Bettina would have swapped partners, they would have taken CT and Casey, which would have left a rookie rookie team. But that rookie rookie team is Emmy and Emmanuel paired up together, who was very much integrated into the vets. And I mm. wonder what would have happened. Would they have been like, well, they are a rookie rookie team. Let's just throw them in, or would they have gotten some pushback? Would somebody would have wanted maybe throwing in somebody else to try to like swap that up. Um, overall, I think I'm fine with the teams. I want to know what's going on. Like we, we, we watched nine episodes leading up to this. We got a spicy episode, something interesting. And now we're like having to reset everything and kind of get used to a new format kind of thing. So I, to me, I'm still like, I think there's a lot of potential, but I'm just nervous. But overall, I think this really benefits Casey and CT because nobody's going to vote them in because they get to choose who they would go up against and most likely win against whoever they go up against because they can see what the challenge or the elimination is. They could pick the person that they think they have the best shot at and then win. And nobody's going to most likely call them out, at least not Casey. I think if anybody's going to call CT out, it could be Ed because he might want to make a big move and be like, I just want to try to see if I could take out the big dog in CT. Mm. But then again, he's working with CT and I think he's getting so far into the game. I don't think he would want to ruin his alliances or his spot in the game. If he does get set into an elimination. So I don't know. I just think this really benefits those two in particular, and maybe even Nelson. He has a great elimination record. I don't think anybody might, nobody might call on him because he has such a good elimination record. Yeah. Now I'm going to switch it up a little bit here and bring up our draft picks early in this episode. I know we oh. normally do this towards the end of the week, so we can sort of get this out of the way very early on. Obviously, no! Drew finally, yes. finally get loses someone. Yeah, Priscilla is out of the game here. He's going to be um, losing we'll... people right after <laughs> one after another. Bettina, boom! Yeah. Like, we need, we need, we need a couple here. like. Bettina, Big T, you know, Logan is injured. We'll talk about all of this stuff definitely in the podcast. But, um, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to have a bit of a look here at who's still left in the game as we are talking about this. I agree with Drew about CT. I think CT massively benefits, and it's the first thing that came to mind for me. It's, I, I pretty much looked at it, and I thought to myself, automatically, do CT now have another championship here on his hands? Because to me, there was a lot of talks about 
the green team being the strong one at the moment, the one that's probably going to go all the way. They've got all the endurance athletes, but I feel like that team that CT is in is so well balanced. You mean you've got CT, you've got Ashley in there. Amanda's not bad at challenges and dailies as well. She's pretty smart, you know. Um, they've got a strong team. They've got Ed, I believe, in that team as well. It's no no team there to sort of, and that's another reason I don't think Ed is taking a stab at someone that's in the same team if he does get called down there. Um, I, I do like the fact that they've switched it up here. Um, I do like the fact that it gives a few players probably that I know some people would say, ah, oh, you know, they did it on purpose. The people with the tinfoil hats to say that now CT has a better shot to get to the end and win again and to build on that legacy, you know, because obviously they would want to add to CT to become that next person after Bananas to be this big character, one of the best challenges of all time. We know production loves CT. It's why they bring him back all the time. But for me personally, I like it because it also showed us a different level of thinking here by players when they had to go there and put their Emerald into the team that they wanted to go to, right? So you had immediately Corey and Nelson talk about the fact that they're going to split up and be in separate teams. It didn't work out so well for Corey. I think Corey <laughs> is in a hiding to nothing moving forward in this game. He doesn't have a good, he's got the Misfits team and there's always going to be a Misfits team, right? But um, I do think it's a smart thing for them to split up their votes. I do think it's a smart thing that some players did that. And I do think the green team kind of, you know, I don't know if they did the right thing here. You've got Nani and Casey in the same team. You've got Josh and Devin in the same team. You've got so many players that are aligned, that are landing together in this green team, that I'm thinking that if they lose one or two, they're going to be the they could be the the team, the, the, the nice appetizing team on a plate there for people to vote against to be able to throw a couple of big players in there. The only risk that we now have with this format, and one that I do like, and I want to explore this a little bit, is the fact that whoever gets called down, they do still have the ability to call someone down to come and play against them, which I think adds another level of thinking there. Like you quite rightfully said, if they throw Casey down there, who wants to go up against Casey? Because Casey could easily throw down Ashley or throw down an Amanda. And Casey's not going to be afraid to take the shots. And it's similar to like a CT. No one's going to throw down CT if he can choose who he wants down there. Um, so... I like the fact that they've changed that up a little bit. I wasn't aware, Drew, that there were a lot of people that were low on this. So did you get a lot of negative comments um, on your, your video in regards to the new format and the switch up? No. I mean, there's been a lot of comments. That I just skimmed over it today. Uh, there was a good amount of comments that were saying that they liked the twist. They liked the shakeup. Um, there's a few of comments that were wanting an individual game that wasn't necessarily thrilled about having a, a completely new uh, twist or format in the season we're halfway through the season and we're having to get learn something new we're getting something new uh, after we just got settled in with this new format uh, or the old format so I mean I'm pros and cons right now I, I knew mm. something needed to happen something was going to happen I just like on the challenge official podcast I guess they were hiding clues that they were going to swap to three teams and they had to edit all of them out except for the last bit with the uh, with the, the the puzzle at the end where Corey and Bettina got the cutthroat symbol from the puzzle, I guess they also made the triangle in the uh, agency or the deliberation. It was very much a triangle to make it seem like oh that's that's why they're going to be three teams. Uh, but they were doing like TJ was saying like this is a cutthroat game or saying all this stuff and they had to cut it out because they were like okay we're being a little too uh too heavy-handed with this like of yeah. course you are you always do that the foreshadowing <laughs> is thick 
<laughs> so tell what, what was your feelings about like you, obviously you do a podcast straight after the challenge and what was the comments like i guess in your life when people were coming on there were people did you get a feeling that people were high on this or were people, people low just, on the fact that they missed it they liked the fact that there was something new that was happening that that, that there were most people nobody guessed it so the fact hmm. that everybody was pretty surprised by what was happening they were just like like they were just happy to be like, oh, I didn't really, I didn't think about that as an option. And so I think mm. they're more surprised. I don't know if they've decided whether or not they enjoy it or not, as, as I don't fully know yet. Um, so far, I think I do, but I don't, but it could also just be because it's something new. It's like, okay, so we're changing up this format. Uh, we, that was nine episodes. That was enough. Like, let's see how people actually play now. And I just, I like the fact that it allows for more strategy because I'm here for strategy. I want to see people conspiring. I want to see people positioning themselves. And I think that this gives them the opportunity to do that. And I, I, I love the call out. Like people are like, oh, I don't like when you get to call out who you want. It's like, I love when you can call love out it. who you are. I'm like, I want the, the person that does the worst in the dailies to go directly into the lair. Like I, that's, that's mm. what I want. And I want them to be calling out. So mm. it, I, I, I like that. Um, I, I think I like it more than I don't like it. So I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, I we... We, we got a great moment here with Priscilla being able to directly take a stab at Ashley. Yes, it didn't work in this specific instance, but Priscilla and Ashley have had this back and forth going on over the last three episodes. It was a little bit of a three-episode arc here, and she does get the opportunity to take the shot. Now, you know, is it the smartest shot for a rookie to go in to an elimination and call out a two-time champion to go down there? Yes, Ashley hasn't had the best elimination record in the last couple of seasons, but she also didn't go up against you know, weak competitors. She lost against Natalie Anderson. She lost against, um, who was the top of my head right now, the lady that's been doing it for like, Anissa, so, so Anissa, 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 yes, there we go. Anissa, she go, she went up against some decent competition in those eliminations. So, you know, yes, I love the, I love the ability that they can call people down there. Um, I love the fact that it makes for these big TV moments, you know, but what do we think of Priscilla's move here? And, you know, was there a better move to be made here? Or do you think that this move in itself will make Priscilla a lock to come back? Because TJ seemed pretty high on her towards the end. She wasn't afraid to play the game. Because we've had a lot of players in recent seasons that have been afraid to make big moves, that have been afraid to go against the grain. I feel like it's been a lot of kumbaya, which is why I like this new twist as well. But we'll get back into that. Um, what do you guys overall think here of Priscilla? I think she'll be called back for sure. Like Just like you said, um, TJ was into it. Like, well, I'm sure we'll be seeing you back here again in the future. Um, mm. I think that she took the big swing because she wanted to be a person of her word. She was saying that she was going to go in, she's going to make big moves. She was going to break up this Vets Alliance. She wasn't scared. She wasn't afraid. And then what? She goes and like, goes after Bettina, her friend. Like, she's not going to, I don't think she was going to do that. She wasn't going to go after Nani because Nani and her seemed to have some sort of friendship that was built between them and Nani so that she wasn't planning on putting Priscilla in. And so who else was there? Tori. Tori, I think would be difficult to beat. Maybe Amanda. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what Amanda, somebody had said on, I don't know whose recap it was. I don't know where I heard it, but that apparently um, Priscilla kind of made a, like an arrangement with Amanda that she wasn't going to like call her in or anything like that. I can't remember what, how I heard that information. So I just think that Ashley was the person that she kind of had to call down. Um, mm. I can't really think of anybody else that would have been a better call for her. And it would have been pretty epic if she was able to take her out. So 
I think that she just was like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out swinging. I'm going to swing big and hope this is going to cement me into coming back for the future episodes or future seasons. Yeah, I think I think it's exactly that. I mean, when she was down there on the elimination floor, she doesn't know what the the strategy is or the um, the the real format or the rules that's going to happen once she does win. So if she's just going to go straight back to the Ruby team, she doesn't know if she's going to be able to swap teams or anything. So if she goes straight back to the Ruby team and she picks somebody from the Ruby team, I mean, she's already feeling like she's hindering her own team at that point. If she picks big T also, she's a friend, big T's a friend. Um, Emmy's won two eliminations already. She doesn't want to go up against her. And then, in the aftermath, Amanda did talk about Priscilla coming up to her and they had an understanding and said that she was not going to call down Amanda and Bettina is a friend. So, I mean, Ashley's left and Mm -hmm. why not go swinging big? Um, I think it just showed how honorable and how trustworthy Priscilla can be in the game. Even if it's for a million dollars is on the line. She is, she is a woman of her word and she is going to take, big shots and I think it I, I want to see her back for so many more seasons and I think she could have a long prosperous challenge career um, because her rookie outing was fantastic in my opinion yeah she I mean she was the um, a lot of the time she was the narrator this season so mm-hmm. it shows you the producers really enjoyed her they gave her a lot of confessionals um, she seemed to be socially extremely aware she knew when she went against the veterans that that would blow the game up she was aware of that but it was a calculated risk that she was willing to take at that time in the game and i think it was the right move you can't just like i'm tired of seeing rookies coming in and just rolling over for these vets like obviously we've got our favorites most of our favorites are within the vets because we've seen them come back season after season but i don't want to see hand-me-down wins to the veterans they shouldn't have it easy when they're coming Mm -hmm. in and 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 rookies just roll over but i think we've discussed it on this podcast probably enough in regards to why that probably happens because the rookies just don't have that tight bond. They don't have that relationship coming in. So it's harder to trust because they're literally just meeting these other rookies as they go into the game where the veterans have never seen the show. They've never, some of them have never yeah. seen the show, so they even don't know the format. So they're trying to learn from some of the veterans on how the show works. So they're easily manipulated by uh, people like CT, for instance. You know, I mean, CT manipulated again in this episode quite a few players when it came to him choosing a team. And he actually did take his time before he chose. He didn't immediately just put his emerald in somewhere, which I thought was the right strategy. You might as well just sit back wait for a little bit, see who's going to what team and then put your Emerald in there. But like Sam says here, you know, it was funny when um, he mentioned that Nelson and Ed looks like two workhorses. So he wanted to go to that team and he noticed that, you know, Emmy, who he's really fond of, um, and I believe it was Priscilla that was already in the other team. So there was two rookie girls with Corey, of all people. And he was like, I don't want any of that. And then also <laughs> when Big T came up trying to get into his team, he's like, no, go to Corey's team. And Big T is thinking that, Potentially he's helping her out, but we all know that he just doesn't want Big T and his team there. So, I mean, CT really manipulating the situation there, you know, to make sure that he's getting the team that he wants there. Um, And you could say, oh, you know, that's really bad by CT doing this, but this is still a game for a million dollars, right, Chantal? Absolutely. I mean, I felt bad because, like, Big T was trying not to be offended by it, but I would be offended by it, Big T. Uh, He... He put you on the team that he didn't he didn't want to be on it himself and like he didn't want you on her, his team um i felt i felt kind of bad for her hopefully she just like when she watches it back she'll just like okay no more ct like he's not on my side anymore like what we had a couple of seasons ago that's done and clearly now 
What do you, she had with Logan's also done. I, and this was a this was a sad episode for Big T. She did, things yeah. didn't really go that well for her. Um, other than the fact that she wasn't called down into the lair, um, this was a this was a sad episode for Big T. Yeah, we kind of yeah. called it as well, right? We called it with the Logan Big T thing. I think it was a little bit of foreshadowing a couple of episodes ago where she was probably progressing things a little bit too fast on her side, really starting to fall for him, wanting more from it. And then Logan was just there for a good time, not a long time, you know? So, um, yeah, sad, sad to see it. I do love Big T. And, yeah, I think it's she's she's got a tough road ahead because she's not even in a very strong team. I would be shocked if she makes her way to the final. Like, you know, like, I mean, maybe they want to drag her there, but I would be absolutely shocked because I don't know. Like, I could easily see if the format remains the same, I could easily see the Ruby team just being thrown in week in after week out and most of them going home. I mean, they've already got Logan, Drew, who's one of your guys, who's injured, who got an injury this episode as well. Do we actually think, I think that they showed us that for a reason, similar to how they showed us when Nam injured his back last season. That came back to haunt him to the point where he had to withdraw himself from the game. I don't think Logan is um, long for the show anymore. Uh, I don't... It, it's difficult. I think it's going to allude to something or foreshadow to something because he didn't seem all that hindered when he was running back. He didn't seem all that, like, he wasn't, like, hobbling. They didn't, like, make a mm. big deal out of it. So I don't know how serious the injury is, but I could see, like, maybe if he keeps on putting pressure on it or some high-intensity um challenges come along the way maybe he aggravates it or maybe uh it becomes more serious as the season progresses but at the moment i don't know how serious it could be but i mean he didn't like wince too hard he just said that he felt a crack um but i would like to know more about it but we're probably going to get there along the way i mean these challenges seem like they're going to get rougher and rougher uh, from the mid-season tra uh, trailer that we got with the uh, capture the flag-esque mm. challenge or the ditch running hall brawl challenge that we're going to get. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is a really funny one here by Christina. I'm curious what other stories Big T has on beat. The story about the guy that killed his mom would certainly be a, a mood killer. Um, and I thought it was endearing. It was quite funny, but I, I, I get it. It's a little bit maybe of an, of an awkward conversation. Logan didn't really... I don't think he it's understands that. Myth. Like it's like <laughs> you've never heard this myth of Oedipus? Like, come on. Like, I don't know. I think I don't think it was a No, that wasn't the only thing. That definitely wasn't the only thing, but it was the producers yeah. did a dirty on that, obviously. And it's just it, yeah. it's I've said it so many times. The producers are so good at putting these clips together and getting a good show. <laughs> like I I personally am very high on the challenge producers and the editors and how they put the show together. I think it's one of the best, if not the best reality, maybe it is the best reality TV show at the moment out there for how they just do these little clips and how they put it together. I just can't think of a, off the top of my head of another show that is doing it better. Um, they really have the secret sauce and they do it. And I tell you what, the producers kind of had me fooled this episode as well. The editors had me fooled a little bit to the point where I thought that Amanda was in danger because, you know, they gave us so much Amanda content so early on, which we haven't a seen Skype a lot call. of. Oh, a like, Skype oh, call. She's done. She's done. It's over for you. And Amanda, like, Skype call, family, not knowing we want to be here. I was like, yeah, she's going down to the lair for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they just gave us so much, right? So now you've got to wonder, is this something that they're setting it up where um, the whole Ashley and Amanda relationship, that's coming really to the front. They're being best friends in the game. Um, you know, Ashley saying that she would rather go down than have Amanda go down. You know, are we being set up for an Amanda versus Ashley 
elimination at some point um, or something where that friendship is going to get broken? Or do we think this is Amanda's? Because, I mean, we had the Corey backstory about doing it for his kids a couple of seasons ago where I got completely fooled the first time I saw it. I'm not fooled now anymore because it's been repeated so many times. And I was like, oh, yeah, clearly this is his winning season. They're like giving us a backstory, you know, because it could be one of two things here it could be us really wanting to get behind amanda we want to see her win the money you know go back home she's been working on the front line as a nurse or emergency responder in the COVID pandemic you know like we, obviously you want her to do well you know because she's portrayed as the devil but she's got this other side to her her real life and i think we forget sometimes that these tv characters these people on our screens they're there to entertain us and to put a show forward but they still have that personal life outside of the game which's it's nice to see, you know, she's she's got other side to her as well, you Except know. So for I'm, the I'm, fact that she's dating Fessy and like they're having yeah. some uh, some problems right now. So not really. Um, I kind of feel like they're gonna actually get back together. You're shaking your head, Drew. You don't think they're gonna Ugh. get back together? I hope not. <laughs> Amanda deserves better. Like, please, mm. gosh. Like, come on now. Ugh. Yeah, Fessy's there for a short time, not a long time either. I think I don't think he wants to be a dad to her kid or anything like that. I know it's bad for me to say that, but I, I just don't see Fessy being that kind of guy that's going to stick around, you know? So yeah. But Amanda, overall, what did you guys think this episode? Did you, were any of you got, like I know Chantel said, Drew, that she was sort of a little bit, you know, led astray by the editors as well. Did you think that there was some serious danger for Amanda in this episode? Or did, were you pretty confident that she would find a way to navigate out of the position that she was in? Because Amanda's probably seen as, one of the stronger girls in that blue team, um, if they mm. wanted to go for a stronger girl, but not the strongest girl, she probably would have been that second choice just behind Ashley. I was, I was nervous because every time that something happens, my challenge brain will go. I'm mm. like, I'm trying to game it. I'm trying to predict it. <laughs> and we just got the Priscilla backstory, the reason why she's here, the reason why she wants to win so badly. And then we get the Amanda Skype call with her child. And I'm like, don't you do this to me challenge. Don't <laughs> you dare be like, we haven't talked to these two women very much about their reasonings or their personal reasons why they're here. We're going to do this right when they're going to be going into an elimination against each other. And we're going to, I'm like, don't do this. Like, this is the worst possible timing to do this. Like, don't just stop it. Um, I'm happy. It didn't work out that way. Um, sad to see Priscilla leave. Um, because I, her story was very heartfelt and very heartwarming. Yeah. I wanted her so badly to win against Ashley. But, I mean, when you're going up against the whole house, you're just not going to be able to win. Um, but, yeah, I, I was nervous for sure. Yeah. And I have so to say, though, to... With, like, with Ashley, though, like, I, I kind of go hot and cold with Ashley. You know, I, I think that she's fun to watch, but then sometimes she's like, does things to really be a detriment to her game. But I really did like how she handled this particular elimination, like how she went down. She wasn't popping off. She wasn't mean. She wasn't nasty. She wasn't like yelling at anybody. She kind of took it like a champ, went down there and she, she won. And she seemed really gracious with Priscilla on the, on the way out. And like, I, like, I felt good for Ashley. I felt that she kind of came over a bit of a, a like, a hump. You know, she hasn't been mm -hmm. doing well in the past few eliminations and seasons that she's been in since she, you know, the whole Hunter thing. And, yeah, we, I, I believe that she, what she did was fine within the game, but I'm sure that there's a little bit that haunts her about, like, mm -hmm. maybe she didn't do the right thing. Like, a lot of people have probably been coming to, to for, like, for her on social media. We saw what happened in the last deliberation. 
she's probably getting that all the time. And so the fact that she, I think that this is like maybe a turning point in her challenge career, I, I felt really good for her. And I, and I thought it was a positive moment, kind of like how when Nani finally got to, to a final, like it was her turning point. Like she finally won that elimination last season where she went down, won it and got to get, make it to the final. Like when they finally get out of their head, out of their way and like, and accomplish something that they haven't done in a while, um, I felt really good for her. So I didn't want to see Priscilla go, but I was happy with how Ashley won this episode. Yeah, I think for Ashley, a lot of the times it's mental. Like you said, she did that big move against Hunter. I think that, you know, even though she portrays this very brave front of, you know, I was entitled to it. He was doing what he was doing that season, which wasn't great as well. So she felt justified to take the money from him. I do think somewhere subconsciously that has messed with her. And a lot of the times when she's gone early in these seasons, I have felt like she's given up on herself. Like, I mean, there was that season where she left due to just mentally not being able to take it where they were down in the bunker, forgot the name of the season, but it's a couple of seasons ago. Total she's like, oh, th there you go. Total man. She's like, I'm out of here, you know? And I think that mentally she has been her worst enemy. And like you said, mentally to get over this hump would potentially help her a lot. And I do feel a little bit bad for Ashley this episode though, because she falsely thinks that the veterans are now on her side, but a lot of people were secretly actually wanting Priscilla to win here. And it was funny to see people like Josh and everybody, even in the, the green team, there shouting the sequence of numbers out to pretend like they're a part of this big Vettel lines. But we know that they didn't really want Ashley to win. But, you know, it's one of the things that for me personally, um, I'm not a big fan of in these eliminations when the outside relationships that you have can actually help you by shouting out the sequence. She would have won regardless. She was that far ahead of Priscilla. I mean, Priscilla wasn't even done with the first phase of the game. She still had like two or three tires left. But I'm not a big fan of that when you can gang up on someone like that. I would. That's probably one thing I would love to see is a little bit, and I, and I understand this is a game for a million dollars, is social politics. I would like to see a little bit more fairness in some of these eliminations where it's actually just up to the two people that are down there to do it. It's not the first time that it's happened. It's happened many seasons before, many eliminations before. But how do you guys feel about the fact that the outside sort of competitors are able to help individuals when they're down there in eliminations? The only time I can remember that I really didn't like it was when D was down there against Ashley and Wes was helping D have to arrange like the order of the season titles or something like that. And mm. I... I didn't like the fact that because D hasn't watched any season, she doesn't know anything about the challenge, but she's getting helped by somebody that knows everything about the challenge. I didn't think that that was particularly fair. Um, but when it's kind of fair game in the sense that like Ashley had to give them the information to remember it or to repeat it, like it's kind of, it's not information that the challengers, like the other challengers that are not competing wouldn't know. Like, I didn't mind when, say, CT is helping Berta being like, no, put it up on the other side. No, you got it. Like, I don't I don't mind that when it's, like, information that they're learning from what they're seeing in the lair, but not when it's, like, about information about the challenge, basically. So that's my thoughts. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I see pros and cons to both. Uh, I think that, for me personally, I would rather have it because as an audience member you want the most fair and you want to see the competitions going head to head and even priscilla was like i went up against a two-time champ in ashley but 
come on, you were going up against her and everybody else because they were shouting out all of her colors. I do, I do find it interesting because when rewatching the episode and seeing when Ashley asked for the check, it felt like Priscilla was closer than it was led on to be. Like when, mm. when, she got the check. It looked like Priscilla. I was counting her tires. The tires around her, not on her pole, but there was like tires behind her as well. I counted seven tires. And I wonder, I feel like she was on her final way of like putting the tires in order or she was trying to figure out the tires in order because she had tires behind her. She was like putting a tire on, it looked like. So I want. I wonder how much was cut up. I wonder how much Priscilla was far behind or if she was closer and did that really make a difference with all the vets telling Ashley all the colors and how many times she had to go back and look at all the colors going forward? Again, it could just be me miscounting tires, but it, it, it just went through my brain. Unless it was like the first phase still that she was almost finishing. Um, I remember looking, I at that, um, looking at that and being like, oh, she's almost done. But like, oh, but we haven't seen her run and check the, the colors. Um, I just think that if Priscilla was checking colors, we would have seen a little more hustle in Ashley. Like Ashley panics mm. when she thinks that she's about to lose and she was pretty chill most of it. I know that she was saying that she, she her, from experience, she knows just to be a little bit more calm about these things like and more strategic and take her time and not get frazzled. But we know that Ashley gets frazzled, frazzled when she thinks she's about to lose. And so she didn't really have that energy for me which makes me believe that she didn't think that Priscilla was close to beating her. Priscilla, sorry. Yeah, I, I think for me, when I watched the... the I've, I've watched it twice as well, actually. And when I watched it the second time, I noticed that as well. But I thought that it was still the first phase and she was trying to just put her tires on for the first phase. But it's an interesting point that you put out that why would there be tires behind her just lying on the ground without her putting it on immediately because you're not going to just leave tires lying there when you're collecting them i guess it could be a strategy but it seemed like whenever they were to get the tire they put it on immediately so um and again we know what they do in these shows they do edit crop and change things we don't always see the the actual competition out there it's an interesting observation i didn't pick up the first time but Could i do want more tires than they needed because i remember one time mm. at one point ashley does say like, I, do, I don't want to um, get mixed up of which piles that I've dug in. So I'm wondering if there were certain, like, more tires than they needed for the color arrangement that they didn't show us. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, that would have been interesting possible. if that was the case, but that wasn't even brought up. It seemed like they divided the, the ring in half. Each woman had their own half with all of their their holes. And um, it just, I, I, I wanted to know more about it. It just seemed like we got, like, a quick... Hmm cut dry like ashley won don't worry about it she was so far ahead mirrors like don't worry <laughs> smoke screen mirrors yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got look here, look here yelling about uh what color shirt kyle's wearing instead of this elimination don't worry about it and it's like, <laughs> yeah whatever but there was there was a lot happening in this episode they had to like mm. fit a lot into a small package is why i'm quite high on this episode because there is a lot that we can talk about um and obviously before we forget maybe we'll address the whole you know, um, shirt story here and going into Kyle. Am I the Kyle the right of the shirt. situation right now? You're the, you're the <laughs> Kyle of the situation. You just refuse to wear the green shirt so we could all represent each one of these teams, you know? Um, I, I love Kyle. I mean, Kyle choosing to be on Corey's team just so you could keep an eye on Corey. The whole rivalry thing that's kind of like playful rivalry i think kyle sees it more as playful Corey is more annoyed by it Corey's very serious kyle is playful i enjoy it like i mean how can 
you know, th- another great reason to have three teams just so that we can see different teams wear the same color shirts and one person <laughs> not playing ball. You know, it just created drama out of nothing. What, what do you guys think of this whole situation? Because I do agree that, you know, you've got to visualize yourself as being a champion before you can be a champion. So wear the colors of the team that you would like to be in the future, you know. And Kyle did say at the end that TJ throwing this whole twist in there He's going to take note of that. So uh, I think he'll be the first person to jump teams and grab the team that he wants if he gets the opportunity. 100%. I, I mean, I, I love Kyle. I, I don't use, I don't really find him to be that good looking, but when he gets like funny and mean, I kind of, I'm like, you're so hot, Kyle. Like, I'm obsessed with you. Um, yeah, I like the fact that he does not take anything that Corey says seriously at all. He's not intimidated by Corey at all. That he does what he wants. He doesn't care about the camaraderie of the team. Like, you hate me, Corey. Why do I care about this team that we're on together? Like, we're not on this team together. I feel just like you say, Chris, that like he is going to do anything that he can to make their team fail. He'll be like, hey, I'm going to work, um, you know, on like against my team here to help one of the other two teams win. Like, I think he's going to be a mole. He's going to infiltrate that team absolutely um to give the other people advantages and so that he will move forward because he's a snake like that which is what we love about kyle he's willing to do that he doesn't care Mm. about like all hands in team ruby like nah (laughs) like i don't i don't need to pretend like i'm i'm really all for this team sorry Corey. so i was i was here for it i laughed when he wasn't wearing the same team because he doesn't want to be associated with that team I thought it was hilarious, and I'm I'm all for whatever Kyle brings to the table. Uh, I'm calling instant BS on Kyle's confessional about wanting to keep Corey close. He was the second to last man to come in, and all the other teams were already filled. So guess what? You got saddled with the Ruby team, all right? Um, I think Corey is taking it way too seriously because he was the first player to get the ruby spot and he feels like he is the longtime vet he that he does like he is the team captain he needs to be the voice and i think he's getting too serious in and involved in it that it's just like all right we just need to take a chill pill i hope that the players are the ones that said let's wear our team colors because if if it's a challenge making these dress codes like just stop we don't need to know who's on what team they're on their same sides of the table we know who's on what team like please we don't need to wear any more turtlenecks in confessionals just let the players worry about the game and not their outfits please you know what it reminded me of their their idea i feel i think that i heard that they decided to wear the turtlenecks in confessionals they thought it would be like funny um, it reminded sorry. me it reminded me of the, the you know when we were kids growing up i don't know if, it, if you guys watched the power rangers you've got the blue power ranger the red power ranger you had to wear a red shirt or a red jersey to say you're the red yeah. power ranger you know that type of thing so it's it's really like i don't know it's it's funny a little bit corny to see but um i, I like the fact that Carl is like i'm not playing ball i'm not doing what you guys are doing i'm gonna be the one person that's gonna go I'm going to swim upstream, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like Evie and Survivor if you watch that and swim in a different direction <laughs> to everybody else. But um, yeah, so to me, this was a really fun sort of segment and I guess it sort of brings it into, you know, the end here where Ashley gets to choose a team and we find out for the first time this season 
that the agency is an option. She can infiltrate the agency, which I love this twist specifically with the teams because there's less options for her. I mean, what's she going to go? Like, oh, I'm going to stay with my team or I'm going to go to the other team? No, you want to go and potentially put even the agency on alert that, hey, if you select someone to go down there, your spot as an individual in that team could be at risk. So you probably don't want to put someone down there that's going to win that potentially could take your spot in the winning team. Like if you're a Tory, putting Ashley down there could be a really bad thing because we know they've already got that rivalry between each other. So if Ashley wins again for a second time, she might just go and say, Tory, I'll take your spot and you can now go to one of the other teams. I really like that twist and the fact that even the agency is not safe at this point. Yeah, I'm down with that as well. And that's kind of why I'm liking this twist more and more is that it makes for strategy. They're going to have to be more cons- – they can't just throw in, like, whomever they want. You know, they, they, they will have to be a little bit more calculated as to, okay, if I put this person in, who are they most likely going to want to switch spots in? And they're going to have to run run the numbers here and see, like, okay, that's the be- my best odds then are if we put in so-and-so that they're going to most likely choose so-and-so. Um, and so hopefully we get to see – all these people working out like like how they're going to put the people into um like when they in the deliberation like i want to see this gameplay i hope they show it to us please there's an hour and a half so like you got time um but yeah i do that's why i like the twist is because it's going to force people to play harder yeah, the one thing that really leaned me into liking the twist is doing the mid-season trailer breakdown and like doing it shot for shot uh, today for Tiny Table Talk and just looking at everybody's armbands, everybody's helmets, seeing all the different colors and being like, oh, this person is going to this team on this occasion and this one's going on this one. And wow, it seems like there's a lot of going to be changing teams uh, coming up very, very soon. So it makes me a little bit more excited to see what the makeup of these teams will be and how they will shift as time goes on and what the strategy is in saying like Kyle wants to go into the elimination. Well, he probably is going to want to go in sooner rather than later because all the matchups now will favor him. than say later down the line when it is Corey Nelson CT, like sitting there waiting to like, if, if he gets voted in as the house vote, he's got to call out one of those players. Like you're done. Like you're, you're, you're going to be eaten alive because they're going to throw a hall brawl probably at the end of the season just or a rage cage, whatever they're going to call it this season. And <laughs> uh, Kyle needs to go in, get a favorable matchup now, swap teams, and then hopefully stay on a team that's going to win for the rest of the time and just not have to worry about it. Another reason that I really like the mid-season sort of change-up to go to the teams right here is because I think the seasons that I really didn't like the team twists is where you have like two massive teams of like 20 people or 15 people because I just feel like too many people in the team are safe. Like it's just, there's no drama, like, you know, half of the team's in a good spot. But with this, you only have teams of six. So, you know, in a team of six, three teams of six, you're never going to fully feel like you're secure. You're still going to have to like compl- play the strategic game, play the 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 political, social political game in there because you could still very easily be called down in that spot, or you could be someone that they want to take a shot at. So I like the the size of the teams that they have here. The fact that it's more than one team, it kind of um, made me think again. I know we've spoken about this a few times in the past, Chantel. Like um, a battle of the seasons type of theme could be interesting in the future again when we've got multiple teams, like four or six teams, like smaller 
smaller teams, maybe that is something because I do feel like the show for me in the last, like I, I still enjoy it a lot, but there has been a certain level of predictability that has come with the format just being sort of rinse and repeated quite a lot. Um, like we had the skull twist being repeated. We had players now that are able to jump into different teams that are starting to get repeated, you know? So I do like the fact that they're trying something here mid season to, to mix it up. So I like that volume. And then the second part of this sort of another thing that I thought about as I watched the episode is, will we actually see this team's twist play out until the end of the show or will we potentially see them break into individuals towards the end game here or go back to a pairs game? There's no certainty that these teams are actually going to go and this is going to be what the, the theme of the show or the, the format of the show is going to be like right until the end. I don't think that the teams will last till the end. Um, which battle of the seasons? I like, like I really didn't like the, how it was like. One team had four, one team had two. Like I just didn't think that it, it didn't work for me. And so hopefully that they learned that most people that I know, anyways, didn't enjoy that there was unbalanced teams at the end for the final. So I, I would imagine that they will do this for, we'll say, two or three more weeks. Um, then they'll have like a little mini purge and then kind of we're going to be into like preparing for the final. So I don't think it'll go to the end. I think that I can see it going back to pairs. Um, I can also see it going back to singles and then swapping out uh, male and female pairs throughout the um, the final. So I don't think the pairs are going to last though. I mean, the, sorry, the teams. I just want the teams to last. I don't want another shakeup. Like my gosh, <laughs> I want. And my only thing about the teams is that I would like to see more people have a shot at getting a championship. Like I don't want to yeah. have one person win or two people win. Sure. We've had that for the last couple of seasons. I would kind of like a handful. Like, I, I don't know. I was watching cutthroat back in the, uh, back a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, there was another, uh, another one. I, it's just like the idea of like more than just one or two people winning uh and then that could bulk up for when we get like season 40 when they want to do like a champ season or something to that effect at least you would have a little bit more bulk in numbers That's maybe true. you get like a Devin to get a championship or something i mean somebody from my team to have a better shot at winning i mean scuba nelly gets a win <laughs> is like, that real? that's really that's, what I mean, you want to happen here because I mean, you know that we have the champs uh most likely if it's going to be a male and female winner i mean i'm still um, full in nelly t so i mean i still got the champ in my in my well thought even process, if it's individual so I'm, I'm just saying yeah even if it's individual nelly t's got this wow. it's all swimming well, he's, and he's got it's it gonna be swimming there's, it's 100 percent swimming hey. or Nelly, I'll, I will give this to Nelly. Nelly was the first person to complete the daily today and choose his team. But the reason that he was there, right, was because they had the three options of what you wanted to do. And he took the option that didn't require any massive brain power. It's just pick up different, um, you know, tiles or blocks or whatever you want to call it and fit it through the hole and then go and end the thing and he ended up choosing the right thing because some people try to be smart and choose the number sequence with the unlock of the code or scratching to find the code um he chose yeah. the thing that worked a lot like i would have done probably what he would have done as well like listen i'm not shaming 100%. the fact that he didn't go for the puzzle like, i would have taken the easy route like you know i'm i can i can lift things i can fit it in and um, i'm more of a practical person in any case so i probably would be in the same boat but what i'm trying to say is is that for nelly to win a final he needs to be a bit more of an all-rounder. And I found it really funny, again, this episode, Nelly going to, um, you know, he goes to Corey, tells, tells Corey, hey, you've got to stay calm. This is something you've taught me. You've got to play the social game. Nelly is the reasonable one. We definitely <laughs> oh, continue man. to see 
like where's this coming from the roles have reversed like nelly is the one now that understands the game better than Corey. Corey is like it's me against the world this is how i like it i want to be an individual i'm like Corey, you're my number one pick but if this is an individual game like i am out of options here like you know i mean casey is the only person really and maybe emmanuel and I got a couple of people. In fact, really funny. I need to bring this back up. I think I've pretty <laughs> much got the whole bloody team together here for um, the green team, and and it's funny how it's worked out because I've got Casey, Emmanuel, Tori, all in the same team, and then yeah, Ed and Ruby and Tori. I guess is is, is on blue and um, yeah, Ruby. So. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting end game here, guys. I still feel very strong about Casey's chances. Um, Emmanuel's doing pretty decent. Ed, I mean, I can see Ed becoming, and I was thinking about this, I think that blue team is the strongest team, to be honest with you. I really feel like, and, and Drew, it's interesting. I have to go watch the Super Trailer again now to see what players end up in what teams because that could change things up a lot. So I'm going to have to go and look for some little... No, watch, watch Drew's video. I watched it today. It's good. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, well, yeah. I'll go watch it straight after this. It's trailer, only you know 15 minutes for a one-minute trailer. Uh, so that breakdown's <laughs> wow. only 15 minutes. That's better than my uh, 30 minutes for three minutes. So, yeah, I don't filibuster too much on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to go. I have to go watch that now because I was thinking in that blue team, like, it could ask backwards, stumble into a championship win if he continues to stay in the right team here because he's not – you know, he's not the most, uh, like, I think he's another big winner in this because, you know, a lot of people are going to want to have him in the team. He's good for morale. He's someone that does good on the dailies. He's rare knows an engineer. He's pretty smart with puzzles and things like that. I don't think people are going to look at him and say, I want to get rid of him in my team. Or people might say, I want to go, don't want to go up against him in the final. But yeah, I feel like there's a few people that potentially could hide in this team format a little bit better now compared to what they would have been if they were individual. I do think though that, that you know, I really like Ed, and he is kind of in the vets alliance or like CT's alliance, whatever. But like, I do think he's at the bottom of that, and so I think that if they have to take somebody out, um, you know, if if the if Logan's gone, and I I don't think that they want to go up against Emmanuel because he's proven to be pretty decent at a lot of things. I think that they might take their shot at Ed, though. So I don't know if he's that safe with the amount of people that are there unless they keep on winning and i and i do think i agree with you i do think that um that blue team is the strongest team even though it seems like the other one's more stacked um i do think the one with ct and the workhorses are are a little bit a little bit stronger just just want to add in here ct uh, got to feel what it felt like for killer cam last season by being rejected by casey walking straight past them to go to her friends on the green team when he said, hey, Casey, over here, over here. So, you know, CT, what comes around, goes around. But I don't think will Casey <laughs> come to reject that at the end of this game? Because she went to all her friends. They're all together in the same team. I I mean, there is some great challenges together in that team, but I do feel like um, that's not the right strategy. I think you need to diversify which teams you're in to try and keep each other safe. Because like you quite rightfully said, Emmanuel is someone that's proven himself a few times here in dailies. He has not proven himself yet in an elimination. Ed has done that. Um, who's going to protect Emmanuel? I can only see Emmy. So he's got all his friends in the same. And I mean, she's going to try. Uh, I can see Drew shaking his head there. She may not have the social capital to do anything about it, but and that she may never get the power to do it because she's in the Ruby team. They're not going to win anything. But I do think that Emmanuel could be a very enticing option 
for someone like a CT or someone else within that blue team to throw in there, even an Ed. CT and Ed could look at that together and say, well, listen, let's throw Emmanuel in there. He's someone that can do pretty well in these dailies. He can run. He seems to be pretty good at the puzzle stuff as well. So let's try and take a shot at him early instead of going up against him in the final. He's not in our team. And all of his alliance members are in the same team as him. You know, it's like uh, Corey said, you know, Corey made sense once in this whole episode in this specific confessional when he said that, you know, you as a, as a veteran, you know, you need to split your numbers. You can't be in the same team. And I think that, it's going to come back to bite people in that green team. I <laughs> I shake my head because we've seen Emmy and how she plays this game. She is going to play for Emmy. Like Emmanuel mm. can do all he wants to save Emmy. But when it comes down to it, I just expect Emmy to be like, there you go, Emmanuel. See you later. If Uncle CT wants it, Uncle CT gets. I don't. Like she'll do whatever she has to do to get far. And if it's sending in Berna or taking Berna's partner after they said that uh, they were sisters, or if um, uh, throwing Emmanuel down or having to throw somebody that shared a list with them that was actually trying to save her, I mean, she'll do whatever she has to do to get further in the game. So I don't expect anybody to be coming to Emmanuel's safety. And even looking at the chart, I don't think anyone can Tori? hide <laughs> i guess i don't think anyone you. can hide i don't even think tori can because she couldn't even help try to save kells because she wanted to help help him when they were like canoodling with each other but that wasn't even but looking back at the chart i don't think there's any safety for these rookies like i can expect especially as we go deeper into the game that the rookies will be sent in and then possibly the rookies might call out other rookies because they don't want to go up against vets so i don't think anybody is really that safe uh, in this gameplay, especially the rookies. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to be a rookie in the game. But I mean, when is it ever a good time to be a rookie in the game? Let's be honest; it's um, never a fun time. But uh, yeah, well, I think when you're Amber harder... B, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. When you're Amber B, yeah, there's a there's a few times when you can still go all the way and actually win it. I mean, uh, we did have someone here earlier saying um, asking us questions about the challenge season three which i'm assuming is for all-star season three and asking us if we know about the cast i don't even fully know about the cast for season two yet i try and stay off um the threats now that i podcast about it as much as i can because i just don't want to get spoiled about anything happening but i do see in here that jordan and uh nia moore and jordan are all and jordan is a rookie who also won in his first season right if i remember correctly I could maybe yeah. be wrong. He didn't want, I know, because he went up against Bananas, right? And then got eliminated yeah. or something like that. He tried to take a big shot. Um, but, you know, there's a few people, I think, that are coming back that will be quite interesting to see them play in that. And I, and I do think we spoke about this last week. They're doing, I think they're shooting four seasons now back to back. There's uh, like, they've already had the All-Star season that has been completed season two. They're doing season three and four back to back. And then after that, they're doing the next challenge season, season 38. So there's going to be a lot of challenge content to talk about over the next year, because I feel like that, I don't know how they're going to fit it in. Are we going to get challenged throughout the year? Like pretty much as soon as the challenge 37 ends, all stars are going to show As soon as all stars ends, we'll see the next challenge. Then we'll see the next, this is pretty much going to be, there's going to be no time on TV over the next 12 months without any challenge content. Cause that's what it sounds like to me. I, I mean, maybe a couple of weeks that will they'll be, you know, between, but it looks like October 17th is when season three is going to start shooting. And so, 
and I, I'm assuming that around like when do you think Drew that it's going to have season two is going to start airing like in a month or so? I, I, I think would they released the date this week. November or 11th is when yeah. All Stars two uh, premieres, and then um, the departure date out of Miami to Panama is October 17th. So I think that they're going to actually uh, departure on this Sunday, quarantine for seven to ten days, and then start right into filming. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a lot. I, I think I saw that uh, there was speculation that this Challenge 37 was going to go to December. The uh, All-Stars 2 was going to go through January, into January. And then they're speculating that Challenge 38 will premiere in like April. So they're going to okay, take a I think April. A I, want, I need a hiatus. I need to be like, yeah, like yeah. the challenge. I need to be going back and watching previous seasons and getting pumped up again. Like. I'll always watch every episode, every season. It's not like that at all, but I do like missing it a little bit. Like, that's why I'm loving Survivor right now, even though it's not exactly how I'd want it to be. It's like, Mm. I haven't seen Survivor in like a year and a half. Like, you know, I'm craving it. And so, yes, make me miss it a little bit. Don't have to give me that much content. And also, I'm like, I'm worried for TJ. Like, I mean, TJ is hosting all of these shows. Like, how is he going to stay energetic and enthusiastic about it after he's done like. I'm sure it's cushy for him. Probably, <laughs> like he's probably he's getting some good money. He's on yeah. friends again the other day, and I was like, he's fine. Like he said, yeah. he said that he's never cooked a meal ever in his kitchen. He <laughs> all the meals are either being delivered or it's like a chef. Like he's he's cool. I think. Oh, man, <laughs> to be able to live like that, eh? Like, what is that? <laughs> Anyways, but I mean, like the one thing I just don't want is I don't want him to lose his authenticity. Is what I'm trying to say. He'll be, he'll show up for the paycheck. It's just you want you know, TJ to be out there wanting to do it and you want to feel like he wants to be out there doing what he's doing, right? So I just don't want it to become a thing where he's like, oh, you know, here we go again. It's the fourth season that I'm doing in the last, you know, four or five months. You know, it's um, it's it's pretty intense. Like, I mean, because he's constantly spending time away from home. He's constantly on the road. They, It's not like they're doing this show in America, you know, where he's close to um, his family and friends and things like that. So he's on the road pretty much 24-7 now. I feel like his wife used to come with him, though. Or maybe I'm making that up, but um, yeah, before I heard that COVID, too. at least. Yeah, yeah. I heard that, well, that too. Also, also, with this bulk filming, I mean, this is going to allow them to have longer periods to like just chill out and like have some reprieve. Because with this bulk editing and filming, I mean, All-Stars 3 is not going to premiere until way later in 2022, I'm sure. Um, or in the middle of Challenge 38, with, which wouldn't start until April, anyways. So um, mm. I could I could see it them bulking these next couple, and then taking a step back with these All Stars, letting the All Stars challengers kind of get a break, have them have their family time, and then also in the meantime, if you have these casts and these Paramount Plus series doing really well, you'll dig up more. Uh, challenge all-stars or challenge champions or whatever and maybe they'll have enough time to be like okay well maybe we can coax in like i don't know landon or uh somebody big named that can come into doing like all-stars four or five and maybe seeing how much is going on there and then it can hit in their schedule time and it's only like two to three weeks uh filming Mm. maybe it'll just be that much helpful in the overall picture because i mean if all-stars three cast the rumored one is legit then that is uh pretty stellar in the realm of what we got from season one not saying season one was bad but i mean season two season three looks to have like my gosh grand slams in there um in their cast list so the west is on that list um oh really yeah yeah 
Jeez. Okay. Is it safe? Is it safe to go? Well, it's safe because they haven't actually you know, done the show. <laughs> yeah, so I can still go check the list. That because I, I just get to a certain point where I'm like, I'm staying off the internet. I don't want to see any spoilers. Like it's too easy I to come across. I haven't seen any like spoilers. Don't don't look yet for yeah. season two. So you're you might be good right now. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I need to at some point. I need to catch up. Drew, when are you doing your um, cast reveal for All Star season two? So I can, because your one should be safe, right? When I'm watching that, it, it, I should be able to. I already did have it. A look at that. Oh, you already did it. Wonder. Yeah, when it wow. came out on Wednesday, I put it out like an hour and a half after it was released to everywhere. So I was like ready, right. ready to go. I I threw it out there, and uh, yeah, I already did that. And then now All Stars cast three was put out or the rumored list and everybody is sending me things and sending me photos going like, are you going to do a rumored cast list? And I'm like, yeah. I've done rumored cast list before. This is still very early. Nobody's departed yet. I don't think once they get there, they have to get quarantined tested. It's like anybody can drop. This could all just be speculation. And I don't want to be caught like say, giving misinformation, having to go back like a week later and, or even putting it out the day of, and then having to go back. I've did that before. Uh, I didn't yeah. like it when it happened. So I, and also it's very confusing. I just dropped All Stars season two cast list Wednesday and coming out Friday or Saturday, I'm putting out a cast list three that we haven't <laughs> even seen in episode one. So um, I got a lot of great information from everybody sending me stuff. I really appreciate it, but I was not going to do <laughs> a, 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 a video a just yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll do, yeah. I'll do a rumored list later. Like once they, everybody's just like raring to go. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good to know because I've pretty much been living under the rock for like the last probably week and a half where I finally was able to cut back a little bit on spending time on social media because when I was doing podcasting on like three, four different shows and doing like five podcasts a week kind of thing, I was all over social media all the time. And then this last week and a half, just doing the challenge has been so good. So I just took a really big step back focused on my work which has been super busy so i haven't actually even noticed that something came out on your channel for that so i'll definitely go check that out if you're listening to this podcast i'm sure everybody already knows about the angel cake um youtube channel but go and check that out over there on the angel cake youtube channel as well Chantel, um is there anything that we didn't talk about this episode i mean there was that great moment with devon and how he outsmarted everyone in the daily as well by putting the massive blocks i think on the seesaw to get it down so everybody could put in there which i thought was pretty genius you know you always get those people that are thinking outside of the box and i was surprised that ct wasn't one of them in this case because he's done so many of them and that's something that i thought a ct would think of as well but Devin again just showing here where his value is i guess and within that team well ct was the one that called him out and be like look at uh, Devin here the one that's finding the loophole and i'm like Wait, hmm. isn't it CT and Bananas and West that always find these loopholes? So I thought it was interesting that uh, CT was calling out Devin for finding, a, you know, a way to to go through that challenge more easily and, and eventually win. Um, and so I think that Devin is actually really strong for their team because love Casey or whatever, but like she's not that bright in those type of situations. Um, and neither really is anybody else on that team. Nani's kind of, I think it's kind of smart a little bit too. Um, but everybody else is kind of like not that smart. And so I think mm -hmm. that he is the brains of that team's operation, which makes them a little bit more of a well-rounded team. Other than that, though, I don't really remember anything that we haven't talked about. Um, I think we've yeah. touched on all the big points. Unless, Drew, you can think of anything. 
There's one thing I did want to bring up, and that was the shade that CT gave to both Amber and Big T this episode. Oh, I wasn't yeah. necessarily here for it. I mm. I was one of those audience members that was like a proponent of, okay, everybody's crapping on Amber B. Everybody's throwing her under the bus. Everybody's throwing Big T under the bus. I'm hoping that CT, who has a rapport with these two women, are uh, being a friendly outside the camera or seeing it and just hearing the way he's talking uh makes me feel like he definitely wasn't a friend to them and we i think he's finally showing his true colors maybe the editing for double agents just was just to make it seem like yeah we're gonna be pals and everything maybe big t was a little bit more bending to ct's will uh, on double agents because he was this big vet he was the champ and now she's doing her own thing after that season and now he's just like well I'm going to go with Emmy because she calls me Uncle CT and she listens to every single word she says, I mm. say. And when she does a speech, I smile and I just think Emmy's the greatest person in the world. I just want to be with Emmy. Uh, and it's like, OK, well, let's calm down. You won a big chunk of money with Amber last season and you're in this bed now. Now that she's gone, the first instance that she's gone, you're just like, oh, she's only good at running. So who cares? Like she was going to leave anyways. And it's like, well, that's, that's disappointing. In my opinion, mm -hmm. it was disappointing to see that, but well, I was just kind of assuming that there's more going on that they haven't showed us. Like, so the, for the fact that CT, who did just win a half a million dollars with this woman, like, and is not champion championing for her to stay, maybe he didn't enjoy running the race with her. Like, maybe it wasn't it wasn't fun. Like, yes, she was able to run, but maybe the fact like maybe it just wasn't it wasn't a good race to run with her. Um, and so. I don't know. I was just assuming that their relationship, they didn't show as much as maybe went down between the two of them. Because I was like, for her to say that um, about her, like it, it, it did surprise me that, you know, he didn't feel that she was more well-rounded than just running. Um, with B Big T, I feel like, you know, we saw that side of CT when he wanted to go get Cam and, you know, how it's just like, Cam, Cam, I want Cam. And I think that like, it just took a lot out of him to like always being coddling kind of big T and really pumping her up all the time. And, and I guess maybe the neediness that, that big T Kate kind of has towards like how he looks, she looks up to CT was a little bit different than maybe how Emmy does. And maybe from my perspective, it could be that maybe big T had romantic feelings about big T, about CT that, uh, that Emmy doesn't have. And so, Maybe he's just trying to like cut that off completely. I don't know. I'm just trying mm. to trying to figure out why he's talking that way. I definitely I definitely got that vibe around Big T last season where I felt like maybe she cared about him a little bit more than just a partner within the game. And I could be completely wrong because I mean, when you look at how she's sort of made it clear to Logan, she was very clear to Logan that she had feelings for him from the start. I don't think, like she said, when she flirts, she's not subtle about it. So that kind of does make me wonder if there was really that feeling for Big T, sorry, for CT, or if it was just more a fact that she wanted to be friends with CT and respected him. Um, I don't know now, like in hindsight, after I've actually seen Big T flirt this season with Logan, if that was the case. I feel like she was very different to Logan, and maybe it's because Logan is different. Like, CT is not the most approachable guy. He's a big grunt, you know, so... There's a, b a bunch of things I think that we as an audience just don't know. But obviously, Drew, you know, I'm a big Amber fan and me and you were both on here a couple of weeks ago and we were like defending Amber, you know, saying like, how can they just be so rude to her all the time? Like, we just don't see it. But 
I do feel like there is some things going on here that we don't know. And I do, and again, just putting, like, I agree. Like, I mean, I think there's a little bit of truth in everything that we're saying here. Like, CT does not do well with women that are dominant and strong, um, where he has to fight for that dominant role of running the partnership. And I think that's just the way it is in life, right? Like, you, you, I, two alphas or like alpha male, alpha female, they don't always get along. Like, you know, let's be honest about it. They will clash heads. And CT wants to run the show. And that's why with Cam, it didn't work out. And he likes people like Emmy. Um, he worked decently with with Big T until he knew he was going to go into the final, and she probably wouldn't be able to um, sort of stack up with her endurance because all CT really needs is someone to be good at endurance and run with him or push him on the runs because he can do everything else, you know. So that's why Amber works so well with him. But I I wanted to say the thing for me with CT this episode is the one thing that and I, again I'm just putting it out there it could be I don't know this I'm speculating he was talking to others within the house probably didn't want to stand out as defending Amber too much so it's also about let's remember this is a social game I know she's gone she's out of the game I don't feel like he completely like he did disrespect her like let's not beat around the bush because he said the only thing she can do is run but I also think it's about him trying to fit in and not stand out at that point and socially do his thing. Do I agree with it? Maybe not. Do I understand where he came from? And has some other people said worse things about Amber this season? Definitely there's been some harsher criticisms of Amber than just the fact that she can only run. Like he wasn't attacking her character, which I think there's a different level of attacking someone. You can attack their character or you can attack their physical capabilities within the game. And he sort of made it around the physical capabilities. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but that's sort of how I'm putting it together in my head in any case. I'm I'm just disappointed overall. Because I, mm. and somebody commented, and I've seen this a lot, that you can like somebody as a person, but feel like they are a bad competitor. And I mean, we understand that. We see that with Fessy and Josh. I mean, Fessy doesn't, uh, respect Josh as a competitor, but he is a friend to him. And I think that there's a different way though, because you don't have to be a dick uh, about it because you don't have to be like, Oh, she's only good at running. Even if he's trying to quote unquote fit in, he's talking to Tori. Like, come on now. Like mm -hmm. Tori's always trying to fit in with somebody else. It's not like he's like trying to make in good with Tori or whatever. So I, I don't know. I just, I was just disappointed personally about the whole thing. So uh, I think you're on mute, Chantel. Yeah. Might have lost it there for a second. Um, Christina here says that CT has always been a bit of a scumbag, especially in his younger days. He's mellowed now that he's older, but it's still part of his personality as well. So obviously, um, I think for that's probably where the disappointment comes in for you, Drew, is especially as a long-standing fan of the challenge, having seen CT evolve and mm -hmm. become what we believe a better person over the years. You know, he's obviously showing a bit of the fact that he is still CT at his core. Um, Chatel, what were you going to say? I was going to say that um, I'm wondering if his wife gave him some ultimatums or some guidelines around competing again, because she hasn't ever been a fan of the show and of him going on the show and how he is around people. And I, I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she recognized like the, the kind of not love connection, but like the connection that, the love that Big T had for CT and maybe that became a little bit of a problem. And so maybe he was just trying to make it very clear that he has no sort of, you know, sexual or relationships between his, his female partners, because I know that his wife has been like, he, she's completely anti the challenge, even though like it's allowing him to have a pretty big paycheck. Um, I'm sure that she may have said things like, well, I like, you better not do this. Like, I want you to prove this. And, 
I wouldn't be surprised if like he was being just a little bit extra harsh to make it clear that there's nothing more than just partnership between the two of them. So not that I'm just like defending CT. I don't think that the way he was treating either of them was, was appropriate, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was for show a little bit just to prove, I believe his wife's name's Lily, that there's nothing more than just like playing this game with these women. So basically what you're saying is next season, there's going to be no CT and Emmy friendship on the show at all. And Emmy will be out on her own and she'll have to fight for herself. Well, I don't think that his wife would be intimidated by a, maybe a sexual relationship between Emmy and CT. I, mean, I don't think. Hey, I, hey, some people have got some interesting fetishes, you know, Uncle CT. Uh, you, you never know, you know, you never know where this is going to go. And if she's really that protective, you know, I think that uh, maybe Emmy is in a, in a weird spot moving into next episode. But I mean, I think the, the problem that we have as fans with CT is that we all want to love him. Like, I mean, he's got redeeming qualities about him and then yes yeah. like drew said you know there's sometimes where he just does things where like last season that was for me with big t when he absolutely burned her i think she told me and you spoke offline about it we weren't podcasting together at that time and i said to you i'm so disappointed in ct right now i just don't know if i like him anymore and it's like breaking me because i want to like him it's like this back and forth with ct you know like because you know that he at his core he's got good redeeming qualities about him but then Sometimes he just does things where you're like, I, I again, like I said, this thing with Amber, um, I felt like he was more going at her. And I mean, we only saw like the edit again could could protect him so much here. We only saw him talk about the, her physical capabilities. He didn't um, trash talk her personality or who she is as a, as a person. Not that I can remember in any case, unless you guys saw something differently. He mainly spoke about the fact the only thing she's good at is running. So he was sort of angling it at the physical stuff and i think where ct gets himself in trouble is that it's the same like with any champion or someone that loves to win you know is that he wants to be playing with the best so most of the times when he gets in trouble it's because he feels like his partner is not going to keep up with him or that type of stuff that's what i'm seeing most of the time comes come up and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong here to me it seems like it's always a physical thing now Obviously, some people are going to take that like he just doesn't think that there's any female that's up to his level that can run with him. But him and Ashley do get along and they do have a certain level of respect. He chose Ashley last season. Ashley is not, she's not a quite soft-spoken female. She's definitely a bit of an alpha, outspoken, strong woman. She again chose him this episode to go in the same team as him. So it does show that he can get along with some strong females as well. So it's interesting. I think that we probably won't be able to solve it in this podcast alone, but... Um, you know, that's why we come back to watch the show is because of the interesting characters that we see on the show do different things every single season. You know, we're going to love some of it. We're going to hate some of it. But I don't think one comment or one thing should make us completely write someone off. You know, even though I have yeah. seen in the live comments here, a lot of people are not a big fan of CT at the moment. It's yeah, no, I, I guess. <laughs> so I'm not shocked by it. Like, you know, like. You know, Tori was saying, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that Amber's gone. Are you shocked? He's like, no, I'm not shocked. Like, she, like she'll, she only thinks she could really do is run. And so, like, that's just, that's just, he, he's just a grumpy old man that's on this show. <laughs> but, like, he doesn't really, he didn't want to talk to Tori at all. Like, he's, you know, laying there putting, I don't know, his blanket or, his, or something over his face. Like, he didn't even <laughs> want to have that conversation. So, I, it, it's just who I, what I expect from CT. It, it wasn't really out of character for me. Yeah, and yeah. not to say that I don't like CT. I mean, I think he's a still a strong competitor. He still has his moments. I was just disappointed in the comments that he made when somebody's, like, either not there or he's doing it in the confessional when, I mean, you don't have to 
you don't have to be that way. You don't have to be a 40 year old man saying those things about uh, about these women. Uh, but he seems to really like Tori and Ashley uh, from last season. He wanted to be partnered up with both of them right off the bat. So, I mean, he seems to like Tori and Ashley just fine. So, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's what the show is based on, right? Is these backhanded off screen comments that people are making on each other creates drama ct's been around for quite a long time he knows what's going to make airtime or what's not going to make airtime you know it's similar to how kyle you know like we said he kind of played it up that he chose to be close to Corey, even when he didn't really choose it it's because he knows it's going to get airtime <laughs> these guys know what they're doing out there you know but i think that's pretty much it for this week guys it's been a great episode of my mind like i think there was so much to discuss and talk about um you know i would be very interested in figuring out how we're going to make it work if um all stars and the challenge 37 are all going to come together we might have to look at splitting our resources a little bit and doing like a half hour all stars towards the end of this podcast so we can fit things in but we'll talk about that offline um and if you guys are listening to this in the comments leave a comment for us on this youtube channel let us know if you want us to cover the all stars season two um as well as the challenge 37 and what do you think of us sort of combining the two into one podcast here together um we can work around that let us know what you guys think um if you like that we'll talk about potentially doing another cast a draft selection um drew's looking pretty strong this season still with basically double the amount like myself and Chantel might have to credit. it's winner takes all and i don't think he has the winner well okay, the interesting thing is we gotta do something different i'll come up with a whole system yeah. we'll, okay, we'll give for confessionals we'll give points for fights we'll do i'll, yeah, I like I'll, it. I'll, I'll get it all set up I, the only reason why we it's it's just so much work to to like track that like would you really want to take that on like that's fine i mean i'm I'm going to watch the episode like four times and then talk to y'all about it and everybody else about it. I, Sold. I'll be doing it anyways. <laughs> okay. no, that's great. If you, if you want to do it, I'm, I'm all in. I want to see what you come up with. I think I it'll be a great idea. Graphs in Excel. More oh graphs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. If we have that. other like, you know, point getters, I'll definitely change up my strategy. You know what I mean? Like... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the high drama people, the ones that are gonna get in fights, the ones that is gonna get into the confessionals on that. But uh, I think we may, like, depending on how this season ends up, like if we end up with a team winning it, we could still have an outright winner just based on the fact that they have. That's another reason I'd like teams to be until the end because who's gonna have the most champions in their team at the end? You know, like you could have three champions in one team, one in another, one in another. So that could make it interesting even here at the end game if it's winner takes all. You know, if one team ends up with like four or five champions champions in them hmm. yeah could yeah interesting. it could happen but i'm like i don't know if i want that with the amount of people i have left right now and yeah. also we have we have three teams like the the show has three teams now we should figure out a way that we can swap players and who has the most players maybe they can swap some players with some other players so i don't know maybe who has the most players again Ooh. is that is that this guy <laughs> maybe you i mean maybe i can <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like drew's trying to grab ct and casey from us chantel that's what that sounds like to me so i don't know if i'm all in for that <laughs> no it's like the two people we've got that we think maybe we'll get to the end here and we'll actually win this thing hopefully um i'm a, i'm an all-in or no in strategy person here with having so many of the green team and my team together um <laughs> it, you know it's either going to go very well for me or it's going to go very bad for me in the next couple of episodes but as we close off here guys um what do you have coming up on your channels chantel we'll start off with you and reality realness what's coming up over the next week 
nothing crazy. And, you know, I'm going to, we'll, we'll be starting um, the Bachelorette, Michelle season will be starting this week coming. So we will be doing a recap probably Tuesday or Wednesday evening. I'm not sure exactly of which date we'll be doing that. Um, live after the episode for the challenge. And then we do on Thursdays um, doing Survivor recap on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. I believe starting not next week, but the week after I'll be doing um, a stock watch with Sarah from Nerdtainment about, uh, not stock watch, but like a rank Ranking, like uh, just seeing where each each person on each team is ranked um, for Survivor. So that will be Monday nights. And then, yeah, here with you guys on Fridays. So not doing too much right now, but always around. Quiet before the storm, quiet before the storm, before this All-Stars <laughs> content uh, hits, hits us. So Drew, what do you have coming up um, at the moment on your channel? You obviously did the, the cast you set for the All-Stars season two this week on Wednesday. Anything else that people should be looking out for? Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be doing some Challenge 37 content. I have the car video that's supposed to come out either the end of October or the beginning of November, uh, that Tuesdays. Um, I had to actually come to a decision to pare down. Um, I I can't do Survivor videos anymore. Um, I, I it To me, it's I haven't been able to like fit it in mentally, um, and it's just been running myself ragged. I feel like I've been trying to like make it fit where I want it to. And it just isn't working. And then three weeks later, we're going to have all stars and I'm going to prioritize yeah. that anyways, over, over survivor. Um, I'm not huge into the season. I'm like, I'm not fully invested. It feels like, uh, so to me, I had to come up with a decision tonight. And I think that's where I was like coming in. So down is like, I've just been like mentally ragged and exhausted coming into this, uh, this Friday. And it just was like, I had to come up with a decision to pare down before it is like the quiet of the storm. Uh, when I'm doing two Thursday uh, review and recaps for the main season, all stars, two tiny table talks coming out Friday, Saturday, and then endurance on Sunday, along with extra stuff I want to do. It's just like, I just couldn't yeah. do it. So, um, so I, I feel bad that I had to stop, but I, I have to, like, I just have to. Hey, I'm a firm believer of quality over quantity. Quality over quantity mm -hmm. is always important. And if you're like mentally at that point where you're like, the quality of what I want to put out there is not going to be there because I just don't have the time, then you've made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. So basically on, oh, you go ahead, Chantel. You no, you're you the challenge guide. It's okay. Yeah. Like, you don't need to. <laughs> well. you yeah. don't we'll love you regardless. We'll come and watch. <laughs> yeah. Thank no. you. I appreciate but, it. You don't get to like recap about the. She made that so difficult on herself. She could have got rid of JD and had the extra vote like an extra day, like an extra week ahead. Like they could have just, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm done. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, There's a lot of sloppy play. There's a lot of sloppy play going on um, in the season of Survivor. I think that a whole other podcast, to be honest, to talk about what's going on there at the moment. But um, yeah, so closing it off here on Reality Pop, uh, we will have the next recap of Survivor Season 41. I believe it's being released on Saturdays now. Um, I've sort of seen that Adam, who's running it with Gideon, Adam is quite busy at the moment working on some shows. He also does um, producing and production for, for movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And I think he's got a project going on at the moment, which has made his schedule all over the place. But most of the time on Saturdays, I believe it's dropping now. So keep an eye out for that. There should be another recap with the Survivor buffs coming up. Um, we do have um, 
I guess next week, the same here with uh, the Challenge Insiders coming up at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the only thing that I'm really involved in at the moment. Um, and we will have some off-season interviews still dropping up, but that's a little bit less consistent. So just uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to be notified of any international Survivor interview content as well. As always, guys, here in the live, thank you for joining us tonight and have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>